Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast with Mark Allred, Court Lalonde, and Rob Tomlin. You can subscribe and rate our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Player.fm, SoundCloud.com, and Stitcher Radio. You can support the show financially by going to blackandgoldhockey.com and clicking on the fanatics.com banner before shopping online. You can also purchase exclusive Black and Gold Hockey podcast merchandise in the official B&G shop. And now, time to start the Bruins Hockey Talk from three different countries. Enjoy the show. Hey, Bruins fans, welcome back to episode 101 of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, now in partnership with SeatGiant.com and SeatGiant.ca for the Canadian uh, buyers. You can buy tickets to any sporting event, any concert, anything that you can imagine by using those two websites. And please use uh, promo code BNGP for a little, save a little money on your purchases. That means... If you want to see a Bruins prospect up in Canada, you can actually go through this website and purchase tickets. You can also do the same thing down here in the States when you want to see the Providence Bruins or any college-level game that has a Bruins prospect in them. Uh, welcome back, as always, the panel. Uh, Rob and Court, how are we doing, boys? Uh, I'm all good, um, especially after that uh, last game. I'm all good. Yeah. You're all coffeeed up, I heard? Oh, yeah. Um, I've had like three in the past couple of hours, so yeah, I'm all good. Nice. Well, at least see, we're doing the show later on. It's, it's uh, earlier in the day for you. It's easier now. Yeah. I don't have to have like 15 coffees before I start recording now. <laughs> <laughs> so I am getting ready because it is Thanksgiving here in Canada. Yes, happy so Thanksgiving you, to all You are all involved. welcome for a hockey game tomorrow in the afternoon, whoever can watch it. That's me. Yeah. yeah. 
There you go, six, Rob. See? Six o'clock, I get to finish work, come home, eat something, and watch hockey. So you can so. be like Happy Thanksgiving. Yep. <laughs> so, like the U.S., you guys get your football in Canada. Of course, we get hockey. Shocker. <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really pumped to have you guys back. I'm really pumped to have see Giant as a as a as a partner and and moving forward. Um, Let's just jump right in here and get uh, talk about the last week's games. Um, on uh, Wednesday, October 3rd, the Boston Bruins traveled to uh, Washington to play the Washington Capitals. And yeah, that was pretty much all I got out of that game. Um, <laughs> it, it, was, it was just... I, I don't know where to go with this. I mean, I want to say... Uh, you know, there's a lot of Bruins writers and a lot of uh, Bruins pers- uh, hockey personalities that say that that China trip and the preseason divide of the roster could have had a big part in what happened on Wednesday in Game One of the 2017-2018-19 uh, uh, season. Uh, do you guys see anything along those lines? I I just think with that game. The Capitals were coming in, raising the banner. They were all pumped up, and the Bruins just weren't. They weren't ready. It was a uh, that was one of the worst games to watch in a while, especially when you're going to watch it the next day and you already know what's going to happen. But you watch a full sixty minutes of just getting blown out. It was a uh, yeah. It was a fun start to the uh, season for me. <laughs> well, I didn't at first, but. I don't know. It it could be a combination of that. I don't like the split squad after the fact because, yes, you're not getting it in. I'm still angry about Tory Krug. Not going to get over it anytime soon. But um, it has to be something because, as I said, uh, I was talking to you, Mark. I think Patrice Bergeron played the worst hockey game I've seen him play in. Oh, I don't even know anymore. Like, it was just bad. Like, the team was just ugly. Like, some people, you know what? I'll be the first to say it. Tuka let in some bad goals. Also, oh, yeah. the defense was disgusting. That second goal, I what was like Chara just watch? I, I don't even know. And like McAvoy, wow, he was bad. It was just oh, it was just so bad. Yeah. Like I couldn't. You can't even find a bright spot. Like I, I couldn't. Oh, I don't know. It yeah, just I couldn't. I don't either. know. For me, it was just one of those games that. It was the first of the season, and like Rob said, uh, Washington was coming in hot. They were they were riding that happy train uh, as they raised the banner, and I think I think that they just seriously got outplayed. And you could definitely tell by the score, but by not getting any goals and no support anywhere on that bench, even in the crease. As much as we, you know, we are like two guys, but he sucked that game. He was oh, it, he was terrible. It, it was just absolutely ridiculously terrible, and. I have no problem in admitting that. But what I liked about the whole thing, though, is that obviously you don't like anything. You don't like losing like that. And and and, and even even Tuca had something to say and, and about his performance and how embarrassing it was. And we'll play a little audio right here. I'll be right back. Good game or bad game, you flush it up right after and move on. Get some work done next time you get out there and then, and then try to get a win on your next card. That's that's kind of your mindset throughout the year, doesn't matter how you play. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, I mean, obviously, you get kind of tired and blow up like that. You want to come out next game. 
hard and playing your cell hockey, and I think we, we spent it pretty well at the and then we got rewarded. Nice goal, so that's, that's a good contract win for us. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. I mean, like, like I, I said to somebody a couple of days ago, a week ago, whenever they got, you know, you want to get off to get start, but, you know, I mean, you obviously want to, but then, you know, you can win a few games, and then you get on a losing streak, and you're kind of back to zero, so it's Things go up and down, and I think we, we just have to focus on, on you know, the next game in front of us and, and try to build that foundation throughout the year. But I, I don't know if it benefited us, but I'm just happy we bounced back and played a solid game and uh, try to continue that at home on Monday. So, um, basically, he, just, he, puts, he puts a lot of that on himself. Yeah, and friend of the show, Matt Kalman, wrote uh, a nice piece on it. Yeah, and we're, we're going to talk about that, too. Um, if you could put that article up when we do court. Um, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, everybody has bad games and, and just how how it affected everybody, the fans and social media after game one was just atrocious. I mean... The world ended, I think. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. like we're not making the playoffs. Uh, we're getting the first round pick. Um, you know, I, I, I want to die. And it's like, come hey. on. If you it know, makes everybody feel any better today in Toronto, that's how everybody's feeling after the league loss. Yeah, and they lost yeah. to Ottawa, and yeah. almost lost to Montreal. <laughs> it's like you know, it happens. It's just it's just part of life. But what I really liked about the the you know the two games last week was was how they came into Buffalo the very next night and 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 really put a game together. And I know that Buffalo and Washington are two different two different teams. Two different talents, two two different skill levels, basically. But well, Buffalo's Buffalo, not a bad team anymore. No, no, they're they're on the uprise, absolutely, with with Darlene and and Skinner and all these additions. But it's it's just, for me, it's just the way that they they went into that locker room, and I don't know if if Butch uh, hammered something in their heads, but it obviously got the message: we need to go to work, and we need to start. You needed to start last night in in Washington, but we didn't do that. So now it's time to move on to the next next game, and make and hammer it out. Yeah, and I mean there was there was a lot of learning points there, and you saw things change the next game. But like, all, there's also the Martian thing when uh, Lawzella came across the bench and acted like he'd just won the Stanley Cup again. Yeah. Uh, that was another learning point. Shows the rookies what is expected of you when you're a Boston Bruin. Because you don't let people do that to your team. Right. And uh, and on Wednesday night, the uh, the, the scoring started off was Zdeno Chara sneaking in on the blue line um, and scoring his first of the uh, of the season. And yeah. Then... I just thought we were going to continue talking about the Martian thing. No. Sorry. Oh well, I was going into that because he had a four four assist night the next night. Yes, which is what I feel he should have done. I understand there's the unwritten code. I, I trust me. I, I played hockey my whole life. My only problem with it was it was Brad Marchand. Yeah, and he could have got suspended for it. Exactly, and it's not because mm. and, and should he have been suspended for what he did? No. First off, Lars Eller's fought back. If Lars Eller's didn't fight back. He's oh, definitely that, getting suspended yeah. because it technically looked like he jumped him. I don't know what was said between the two players. I know what was. I don't know what was said from Lars Eller to the players' bench. 
So if he said anything, he obviously deserved what he got, but he did throw a punch, and, and then Marchand destroyed his face, which is great. Yeah. But let someone else do it, please. Like, I appreciate what his, his gumption, but please something, let someone else do it. Something must have been said, like something out of line. Because you don't usually see people react like players react like that when. Well, no, he he made he made some sort of gesture towards the bench. He did rub yeah. in a goal when it's up seven nothing. That's an absolute yeah. joke. You don't do those kind of things. Yeah, it pissed but, them off. Uh, oh, I, it would piss everybody off. But please, like Bacchus, somebody, just somebody else, Kevin Miller, somebody yeah. else, yeah, someone who's not going to get suspended. Yeah, not Brad Thanks. Marchand. Like yeah. he's just, he's just. I, I honestly thought it'd be someone like Donato maybe just decides to get pissed off. Because you often see it where the rookies go, right, this is on me. Like, we've had a bad game here and I need to step up and do something. So you'd hope it was one of the rookies. But obviously Marshan's not going to let people go ahead of him. So he probably told a few people to sit down that he had it. So. Right. Yeah. Plus, he's always going to have that microscope under him. Of, well, know. that's that's my thing. Like, it's I don't think what Brad Marchand did for the reasons he did it was wrong. I think the way he went about it was wrong, and I think him of all people was the wrong person to do it. Right. That's that's my problem with what happened. I saw something on Twitter where someone said. That's got to be Pratus Bergeron doing that if he wants to be the next captain. No. Uh, no. What? I don't want that guy getting hurt whatsoever, especially for something like that. Yeah, please, no. Yeah. Wow. That's just... It, just a lot of people are saying that's a captain kind of thing to do. And, hey, yeah, uh, Chara wants to destroy that guy, sure. Oh, yeah. So, but I just think it's one of them. It, it's done now. It was a small petty thing and I think it set him off for the next game yeah. I think it put Marshan where he needed to be as well yeah. if you harness that attitude of his like you, you piss him off but you don't set him loose on someone he ends up playing better Marshan could win the Hart Trophy this year oh, that'd be awesome I but don't he's... think they'd let him <laughs> no I, I think they'd have no problem with it he's just gotta take, keep his head out of his ass that's all Yeah. But... true I I jumped the gun on the uh, on the whole mosh and I've got my 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 list all messed up. But going into um, Thursday's game against Buffalo, Zeno Chara gets on the board for his first. Over the red line, and then. Ryan Donato uh, added his first on the power play, which I a thought beautiful was beautiful goal. Yeah, it was, and oh. and, and, it, and, and another Marshan pass. I mean, it, just skating into the zone and just find, accepting the pass and then releasing the pass really fast to to um, to Donato, who basically just one times it. And he looked kind of awkward on that, but I'm I'm happy he got it on net. But uh, got got the goal in his first of the year, so. It's it's a good positive thing for Ryan to get on the board in his second game this season. Uh, second period effort from P- David Pasternak. Good to see him getting on the board, and um, and again we got to talk about Patrice Bergeron. Uh, big change in his game going from the Washington loss into this uh, into this Buffalo win. Uh, he gets a shorthanded goal on a breakaway empty netter. 
uh, with a great pass from Brad Marchand. So. Yeah, like I said, worst game I've seen Bergeron play was the game against Washington. I was like, what the? Like, everybody's getting all angry at Tuca, and they're getting mad at every, this and that and this. The, the usual suspects. It's Tuca Rask, Zdeno Char, and David Krejci. I, I felt got the brunt of of the internet when I was watching it, and I'm just saying, okay, McAvoy's just as terrible. Bergeron's just as terrible. Like, how many games did they have before they got scored on five on five, and they got one in their very first game this year? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, um, looking ahead, we got the um, as you mentioned the the Ottawa Senators tomorrow afternoon. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to all our Canadian listeners again. Turkey and gravy. I love turkey and gravy. Um, and then they uh, it's a three game homestand before they go on a four game road trip. So uh, you got Ottawa tomorrow at one. Uh, you got Edmonton at seven o'clock on Thursday night. And then uh, the Detroit Red Wings on Saturday, the 13th at 7 p.m. So, um, Ottawa, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say we're, we're going to do, I uh, hopefully do pretty well. Tuka Rask is going to be in net. Uh, it's confirmed today by Butch and Matt Kalman. Um, so, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing him uh, recuperate from that that uh, five-goal effort that he gave up on uh, against Washington. And, and Wagner's uh, going in for Nordstrom. Yeah, I saw that uh, on the, on the tweet machine today. Um, so it's going to be interesting on how everything works out for this this Bruins club. Um, the practice lines for this morning, uh, per um, Fluto Shinzawa, the Athletic in Boston, um, Bergeron centering Pasternak, Marchand, Krejci centering Donato and DeBrusque. And this was this was the weird one, was uh, they got back as centering Bjork and Heinen. I mean, why not? Yeah, cold it. Yeah, <laughs> and then Corral. Sean Corrali, Sean Corrali goes down <clears throat> one line. Excuse me, uh, to center Wagner and Achari. So I mean, I like Achari on the right side more than I like him at the center position. So I, I'm not. You know that that line's good, and I think Corrali is better a fourth line center than he is a third. I think it's pretty obvious in the first game, and I think he kind of redeemed himself a little bit in the second game against Buffalo. Yeah, that breakaway, that like block, slap shot, close up, and then have the balls to actually go on a full breakaway was pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the pairings are pretty much the same. As um, his last game, someone's house is on fire. Who's? Did you hear that? Yeah, I heard that. Whose was that? Uh, I think it's Rob's. Rob, was that your place? I think he's gone. Right, bro. Um, so Ottawa right now is in second place in the Atlantic. Uh, Ottawa's playing good hockey. Let's 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 be honest right now. Yes, but it's the beginning of the year. This doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Well, it means something. It's it's lucky for Ottawa. This could be, unfortunately, um, sucky for the Bruins if Ottawa can get off to a hot start. But then again, 
you know, this sounds terrible, but uh, Frank the Tank kind of hurt his starting goalie last night, and Roberto Luongo's out for a bit. So I know, he fell on him, didn't he? Yeah, and I thought for sure Florida was going to be, you know, that sneaky team to give everybody a pain in the butt this year. Yeah, and uh, uh, Edmonton coming in on Thursday, they have a loss in their season, but uh, I would not, I would be absolutely ready for a team like that. Um, as as any team you play in an eighty two game schedule, uh, just 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 the depth of that team and and the talent. Connor McDavid. Yeah, Connor but McDavid. Was, I watched the game yesterday. It was so boring. Damn, that was boring hockey to watch. And then Detroit. Yeah, sorry, that was my alarm. By the way, what happened? Everything okay? Yeah, my uh, girlfriend was cooking and nice. forgot to close the door <laughs> in the uh, kitchen. So yeah. Nice. Oh, that's what you call it up there—a kitchen. Yeah. Oh, I just had to. <laughs> What's wrong with that? I don't know. It's a kitchen. I agree with you. It's just oh, the whole no. trunk is called a boot out there, and it just throws me for a loop. There's a lot of things that have different names over here. <laughs> uh, speaking of difference, how about David Backus on the fourth line? Um, I I kind of liked it. Um. But like I said before, it that's something that won't stick, especially paying a guy six million. I, I just don't see it. I thought he played well. My my whole thing is David Backus has actually been decent in the last two games. Yeah, yeah, he looks like a changed man. Definitely lost a little bit of weight um, and and he's, playing he's, a little bit better. Yeah, he's not losing puck battles. He's not getting caught out of position. I don't know. Um, his speed factor has increased. Yeah, you, you wouldn't be able to tell that by reading some people's comments on the internet, but you know what? They're entitled to their opinion. But Absolutely. I I see Bacchus playing well, so I'm a little confused. He's been yeah. decent. I was surprised that they weren't going to like give him a shot at that second line as well. Well, the, the practice lines today have Donato, and yeah. from what I've seen preseason and, and such between him and Heinen, it's a coin flip, so let Donato have his chance being there. Yeah, and isn't Donato, Donato classed Donato. as a rookie this season? Yes. Yeah, and he, he played extremely well in the Buffalo yeah. game. Looked Probably like a veteran best, out there. Yeah, his best game I've seen from him in, uh, ever. I still yeah. don't, you know, I was still apprehensive in saying he wasn't ready last year, but he scored a lot of points, but he looked comfortable out there. Yeah, definitely gaining more and more experience every time he steps on the ice. And, and, and you know, if the practice lines like Fluto had today are, are with Heinen and Bjork, that's 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 good. That's just good leadership for in the middle of those two. So, ooh, yeah. n- nice little segue there to Bjork. Yeah, um, actually, might as well. Yeah, he played awesome. Can we all say it? There he looked go. really good out there. He looked good. He did look good, um, and I, I expect to see a lot more of that. And if he continues, I can see, even see him riding the, uh, getting higher in the, uh, in the, in the, in the roster. Um, if, if, uh, if people in the top six are not playing as well and they need a, you know, a quick shot in the butt, um, I can see him, you know, being that player that could get some time soon. I'm not saying on a regular basis, but it's just, a, for me, it's just the way that, uh, Butch is really taking the roster and, and, and like fitting it to, what is coming down the line when it comes to upcoming games? Um, 
like the Washington one was a, was was a roster that I expected. I'm not, but the Buffalo one was not. It was just like I mean, and it worked out. I mean, if it's working, don't fix you know, don't fix it. Or you got to you had to wake them up, right? Oh yeah. And I, I understand he has to put Wagner back in. Um, got to give everybody a shot, but I don't know. I think I keep going back to this, and I don't know who wrote the article, and I don't know who. But somebody last year, I read, I remember reading an article about Bergeron talking about how he liked Bjork on their line. And I could, if he just keeps playing this way, it might give Cassie that chance to try it out at some point this year. I know everybody always says, don't break up the best line in hockey. But I would love to have the two best lines in hockey. Yep. I'm going to preach for it forever. But I think it'd be nice. Because Bjork, he, damn, he looked good. Between, yeah. uh, between Donato, Bjork, and, and Heinen. Bjork looks better. And I've, I've said for a while now that I think Bjork's the guy to play with Bergeron and Marsh and over Pasternak. Like, I, I like his game more. It's like when um, Riley Smith played with them, and everyone hated it at first, but then that's the best hockey Riley Smith played in Boston was when he played on that line. So, I don't know. I... I'm all for it. I'd like to see Pasternak on that second line, but it's not up to us. I'm in agreement with you, Rob, but I'll disagree just for everybody to be happy. Okay. <laughs> God damn it. Um, one positive from the, uh, well, many positives uh, from the Buffalo game was Jaroslav Halak and how he played. I thought he did uh, a good job uh, on the back end um, and getting his first shutout. Uh, in his first game with the team is, is, is really, you know, it's always a good thing, but it also, it, it, I'm still going to continue to say this year that this still could be a very good tandem, regardless of the effort that Tuka Rast um, played on, on Wednesday night. So um, yeah. And, and Halak in his career has had stinkers, but yeah, he did play well, yeah. but I would also like to say the team played so well, like Halak did a very good job of cutting down angles but so did the defense. It seemed that they were pushing everybody to the outside, and the shots that Buffalo were getting off were low percentage shots. Yeah. And there was, I think it was in the second period, Halak made that disgusting save when he split across the crease. It was beautiful. It was a, it was a very good game from the team. But even Cassidy probably knows he's the one who's going back to Tuca. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, Halak for me at his age is is so agile and he moves in the crease very well. I was I was definitely pleased to see that. Um, doesn't flop, which is good. You mean Do you think they have play a like chance Kobe? of the uh, the Jennings? Is it the Jennings where it's uh... yeah? That's the team one. Yeah, the tandem. Oh yeah, the tandem. Yeah. 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 The Vazina is the one that is is the individual. Yeah. I. I... I think the, the they probably... That's what I meant. They probably have a chance at the Jennings. Like, there's not many other tandems out there where your number two is a starter for the last, what, six years? Right. So, I'd like to see them win that at the end of the season. Hopefully they can... But mainly, it's keeping goals against down, isn't it? So. Yep. Yeah, like, Tuca right now in the league falls anywhere from ranking wise in my head is from eight to 14. He could fit in anywhere in that slot of all the goalies in the NHL, just the way he's playing right now in the last couple of years. But it is what it is because 
you think about it, Carey Price has gone from number one to the worst to the back to playing well again. It's goaltending's tough. Yeah. You know, um, I see a lot of comments of people saying, you know, you can't win with Tuca in the net. It, it makes you can't win a cup with him in the net. That one is the most hilarious one to me, solely based on the fact of, um, you know, one goalie wins the cup every year. I'm real sorry, people, but it's just, it's just get a new comment. It just makes no sense. <laughs> Yeah. I think Cam Ward has some of the worst numbers for a starting goaltender, but he won the cup in his first season. Yeah. Henrik so. Lundqvist has never won a cup. Yeah. One of the best yeah. players to play in the game. Never won yeah. a cup. Definitely. Come on, people. Uh, yeah, and we talk about the uh, power play. Man, Tori Krug was, uh, is sorely missed, huh? Oh. Yeah, and especially when you don't put uh, Vakanainen in the squad. Because I, I think he he was the only defender like defenseman in the preseason that I thought really handled the power play well. Yeah, yeah I, I I did find that McAvoy played a little bit better in the, uh, but I, I can't believe I'm going to say it. Grizz played well in the Buffalo game on the power play. Oh, writing that down on my calendar. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Going yeah. back to that, he played better. I thought he was better on the power play than McAvoy was. Yeah, Vakaninen, uh sent down to get some playing time in the AHL because he's able to do that. I uh, got an assist the other day. Um, and you know, Providence, they've lost both of their games, but he, he looked he looked good. Um, I People expect- lost their minds about that assist as well. Yeah, yeah. Like, all over Twitter, oh, my God, he's got his first point. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. It was kind of Calm a garbage up. goal, but it was, it, I mean, a goal's a goal, and, he, and, you know, he got his point so yeah but the funny you went from the, you went fun, from the guy that no one knew yeah to the hottest prospect in the Bruins to the yeah. Calder Calder Trophy winning defenseman mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Sorry, no problem uh, but the funny thing is is uh, I'm looking at catfriendly.com right now and they actually have the roster size at 22 of 23 so I do expect him back in Boston um, either tomorrow or sometime this week I think he's playing a game. One of the one of these three home games. Well, I guess it makes sense if he's going to be playing because I honestly do think he'll be playing in Providence this year, barring injuries. Um, I guess that does make sense to play in one think... of these next three. But I, I think it might be better for his development, and I can't believe I'm saying this, to play a season in Providence and get the the major minutes instead of third line defenseman minutes. I'm completely for that. Yeah. Do you not think that they're um, maybe until he's waiver eligible, they'll just keep bouncing him back and forth? Like, let him play one game, send him back down, let him play a couple in Providence, bring him back up, maybe well, play only, one game down the line. He's only allowed to play a certain amount of games, correct? Yeah, but I mean, like, use him like that until he's, like, on his last game. Because there are some teams that have done that in the past where they bring a guy up for one game every couple of weeks and then send him back down. And then once he's played his limit, they just leave him down in the minors. Yeah. So. And it makes sense when you don't have any, when the Bruins weren't playing any games at all, you keep them skating. Yeah. And if anyone goes down in the playoffs, this guy needs to know what it's like to play in the NHL if he's the next man up. Right. My question to both of you. Tuca loses next game. Oh, God. Jesus. Um, we win the first overall pick, and 
draft the next. No, no. My question is: do you, you go with Halak and, <laughs> you, do you go with Halak until he loses? Uh, I don't know. Maybe you do. Just they've done it in the past when it's come to stuff like that. Yep. I because um, I, I would. I just run. My whole thing is uh, this year. I I don't care as long as the team wins. Yeah. Best chance of winning a hockey game. The thing with the game, uh, the Washington game was, I thought they just, um, like, he got scored on early, which obviously frustrated him. Every single uh, time he lets in a soft goal, the game's, I, I, I feel like done. he's turning it off, yeah. Yeah, but at the same time, like, I think the team tried too much. Like, they tried to block every shot thinking he was going to let everything in, and that never helps out. Like, if you get in the lane every time and don't let him see the puck, then he's obviously going to let some in. So, I I think the team let him down. He let himself down. But he's owned up to that. So God, they were bad. That's just yeah. ugly. No it's just gross, man. But the thing is, what would it be if Tuka had done the same as Halak in that uh, Buffalo game? If they'd have played Tuka instead? Oh, they'd still... Like, I don't think anyone would have talked about it. It would have just no, been like, no, no, oh, well, that's what he's meant to do. Well, exactly. Like, Kevin Paul DuPont's tweet uh, after the, uh, you know, not a baseball fan, so sorry, listeners, don't care about the Red Sox. <laughs> that meaningless sport that they played uh, at baseball. Uh, he made the tweet about David Price, which was hilarious because Price was here in Toronto as a Blue Jay, and he'd, he'd have good games and then suck. And they were like, yeah, it's okay. The fans are going to blame Tuca. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. I mean, the Patriots could lose, and it's Tuka's fault. Um, I, but it, you know it what? is, though. <laughs> it is what it is. They, they, I was talking to someone about this. It's unfortunate, but this fan base got to watch two seasons, and that's it, only two seasons. And one of them was probably the best playoff series we're ever going to get to watch of a goaltender play. But every other bit from Tim Thomas wasn't that good, but he had two unbelievable, unworldly seasons. There's a reason why he will probably never get into the Hockey Hall of Fame. Because Remember when he went was. to Dallas. Ooh. Oh, Florida. He just had two seasons. Florida, Jersey. He had the yeah. best playoff series besides Patrick Waugh. I think it was 92-93 when uh, he did the wink to Wayne Gretzky and didn't, st- didn't let anything else in. Other than yeah. that, Tim Thomas had the best playoff series I've ever witnessed. Yeah. But his first six years were always my, my oh. rebuttal. When yeah. when everybody comes up with he was the greatest ever and blah 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 you know he worked hard to get to that that to that level in that cup in 2011 I'm I'm not you know I'm not blind to his efforts I was never a fan never a fan of him but he did what he did to get me my first cup and and I'm I'm a, I'm a proud of that but I'm also happy that he's not on this team and he's not around this club anymore because it seems to be you know, the type of organization that wants to move forward and, and be a, a team and not a room full of individuals. Cause I, yeah. I really thought that that's the way he acted um, when it, when he was addressing media uh, and, and not doing team events. I thought that was very selfish of him, but it is what it is. It's over. And you know, he's not coming back people. It, it's, it, it's not going to happen. He's not going to be resurrected. He's not going to the hockey hall of fame. Yeah. If, if I think you know I'd be interested is. in the ten year anniversary if they do if he comes back. If they do something. Yeah, I'd be you know very what, interested. You know what it is with Tim Thomas. He's do you know not, who is exactly the same as? I don't want to bring politics into this, Donald but he's Trump. the Donald Trump of hockey. 
Like, he does one thing. We just we just lost, like, 10% of our video. <laughs> I don't care. He does one thing okay, and then everyone's like, oh, my God, look at him. He's amazing. And then he does 25 things bad, and they're like, look at this one thing that he did. Um, huge. Huge. <laughs> huge. But, uh, yeah, so uh, keeping it on the goaltending, we got to talk about Matt Kalman's <laughs> recent article. Um, and, and there was a bunch of articles that went around with the just the complete nonsense of uh, these guys, these writers that I, I respect. Um, they were, you know, trying to pretty much calm everybody down, just say it's ridiculous with your hot takes. So, except one of them had this out really quickly. Go ahead. No, no, no. I said except one of them had theirs out really quickly of Rask is terrible. Right. Um, so, it is. You, do you have the, uh, the article up? Yeah, so uh, Matt Kalman, friend of the show, uh, been a guest many times. Uh, he writes for the the We. I, am I saying that correctly? I'm, I don't live in New England, so I don't W-E-E-I. Hear. Okay, that's how we say it? Yep. Can we just go, I, Wee! Yeah, I always, that's exactly what I do every time I see that name. So uh, he, he, he wrote an article just um, pretty much saying, um, the title of it is Bruins Ross doesn't want to get embarrassed again. And it's the clip I'm, I'm guessing, Mark, that you played. Yep. Um, just speaking of, well, well, I don't want, this is a quote from uh, Tuka Rask, well, I, I don't want to get embarrassed again when I play. I think that's what I'm working on. Because he's admitting he did get embarrassed. And a lot of the, and I, and I have a funny feeling what Matt was trying to get across, and correct me if I'm wrong, trying to get across a lot of the things people say is like he, he has no, um, he's not there for his team, he gives up, and so on and so forth. Guys that do this, they're not saying these type of things and taking an onus on themselves. So that sort of angle that people are saying, the guy cares. And as I believe Matt uh, was tweeting on uh, Twitter saying, there's not one person that you ever hear about Tukaras being a problem in the dressing room. Yeah, I, I don't get the narrative either. I mean... Um, but he, he goes into Rask allowed five goals and 19 shots. You yeah. know, um, Cassidy, Cassidy said, you know, most likely he's going to play against Ottawa, and now it's looking like he is going to play. It just it, it went in pretty much saying, you know, Tuca had a bad game, and it is what it is, but he's going to try and uh, move on from it instead of dwelling on it. And that's a good teammate. That just shows you that he wants to do better. He's not, you know, that, that one game is not something that he's going to ride with for the rest of the season. He's just going to, he's going to improve. He's going to try, and I have to respect that. Whether mm-hmm. if other people don't, that's up to you. you know, I don't. I really don't give a crap about your opinions. Um, so, I mean, I do, but when, uh, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I do for the for the listeners that, that you know, we don't want people to agree with us all the time. This is not why we do this. But but you, if you can do it in a calm and exactly, understanding way, you know what I mean, like a girl, no, don't be a twelve year old. Yeah. Don't be a twelve-year-old and tweet me that oh he sucks and this and that and blah blah blah. Well, bring something else to the table for me to have a civil conversation with you. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's really if you, th- if you throw the toys out the pram, we're gonna treat you like a child. That's the yeah. Way you're it. <laughs> go go play Fortnite, you little baby. Yeah. Right. Um, and the- sorry for the people that play Fortnite, but I can't stand that game. <laughs> <laughs> We uh we canceled off a lot of the agenda with a lot of the, the discussion going on, but there's there's one thing that I I want to I know it's not directly Bruins related, but it kind of is if you want to think about family members that have played for the Bruins. But uh, Ryan Donato is scheduled to be a a free agent um, in the 2019-20 season. Uh, 
a restricted free agent. So yeah. I've been thinking, and I, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts and so on that are in the Toronto area, and the William Nylander thing really intrigues me a little bit for the fact is that, that Ted is his father and is a former NHLer. And William's father, Michael, obviously a former Bruin, I think only one season. And a Leaf, though. Yeah, and a Leaf. Um, do, do, you, do you guys see any way that a, a, a person, a father like William would, I mean, um, Michael would step in and kind of be like, you're worth more than that? And from what I've heard, I know I've listened to the Steve Dangle podcast quite a few times. And from what I've heard from a few of their guests that know about this kind of stuff, uh, his dad is his agent, I think it is, or has some, is his manager, something like that. Uh, and that was apparently one of the things that they were talking about is that he has probably turned around and said, well, if Leon Dreisaitl's getting that contract, what should you be getting paid? Uh, from what I'm hearing in the, the media here, which someone even got, I can't believe when I put it out there as a joke saying Toronto's the center of the hockey universe because they treat themselves like our the person got all defensive about it, but it is what it is. Um, they're saying that he is basing his contract pretty much on the passive thing. He's asking for the moon, but uh, he's not budging on it right now. And he keeps saying he hasn't had any contact with the Leafs. It's all through his agent. He's asking for eight, but they're trying to get him at like six, which to me, to be totally honest with the market, the Leafs are insulting him. And then um, I don't know if you guys saw this, but uh, Brendan Shanahan came out and um, made a comment saying that, you know, when I played, we all we, we talk about putting a team together. And he's pretty much saying that these guys want a pay cut. But everybody was quick to point out there was no salary cap and no one took a pay cut when you played. So shut your mouth. I know you played the game, and I respect you, but don't say something stupid and make yourself look like an idiot. Yeah, and, uh, did, and didn't, uh, if I'm not mistaken, didn't Brendan Shanahan leave the Detroit Red Wings and sign an offer sheet to play in Toronto? No, he, he no. When he was he was in New Jersey, he did that for St. Louis. Okay, all right, I, I got my teams messed up. Thank you. That's okay. He, but yes, he went and he went for the money. But it was funny because he interviewed Austin Matthews about the exact same thing. And Austin Matthews like I'll let my I'll let my agent deal with this. Right. There's no one taking a hometown discount, um, but, no, especially when it's not your hometown. Exactly, like, it, it makes no sense. I could see Ryan Donato, lucky enough, and oh, that sounds bad, isn't turning in. He's 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 not willing Nylander. Right, uh, he might be, um, but hopefully he isn't. Like the whole Carlo thing, I think we're going to be good. Um, like McAvoy isn't even, you know, lights out right now. Sorry, people, he isn't. So, I don't know. Like, Nylander, the whole Nylander situation, the whole situation with any of these kids on their first contract, it's scary, especially with a team like the Bruins with all these young kids. They're not all going to be able to play here. Yeah, and, and, and for, for me, it's just it's just that, that scenario that, you know, Ted might say, you know, geez, you're way better than that. But the, the Bruins organization could also say when they're, when they're negotiating um, – you know, you haven't shown me enough. And, yeah. You know, it's it, it, I. I just don't. I don't want it to see it like this. And I know there's there's there, you know two different sides of the spectrum in the conversation. But it's it's just I've always thought about like how much of an impact a former player would have on on a child, and 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 where his 
um, experience comes in as a former player and said, you know, hey, this is what we did when in my day. Obviously, the money was way different. You know, uh, you were making hundred thousands of dollars, not millions. But um, you know, I mean, let's let's put it in your, into your court. Court. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, your father was a former professional hockey player. He played for the Boston Bruins. He played for Vancouver. And he played for Atlanta. You know, what if you turned out to be a pro? I mean, what, what, what advice would you take from your dad? And, and would you say, well, he does know what he's talking about because he has played the game? Well, I, I don't know because it, it never happened. But I know um, not even close, people. Not even close. But if it did. Um, if it did. If, well, it's a hypothetical. I, I, would, I would take his advice on how to, how to um, handle myself in my first game and so on and so forth. But when my dad played, they didn't, they didn't make as much money. It wasn't like what the kids are getting nowadays. Right. If I, if I'm the kids, my, <clears throat> excuse me. I'd listen to my agent. Yeah. I'm real sorry. President of the hockey club says something stupid like Shanahan does. I wouldn't care because that's literally what I think it is. It's just stupid. It's just him trying to, you know, take their foot out of their mouth because earlier in the summer that the president of the Toronto Maple Leafs, I mean, the GM said that he could sign all three. Well, I'm real sorry. The only the only organization that I've seen pull this off in the last little bit is the Boston Bruins. They pulled off the Marchand contract and the Pasternak contract are unbelievable. Those are unbelievable contracts, all things considered. Yeah. That Marner and all those guys, they're going to get paid more than what Marchand and Pasternak are. <clears throat> they're not even, they can't even hold their drop straps. <laughs> yeah. That's just something I, 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 you know, one of those weird no, things I that I think about when I'm, when I'm at work. I'm like, you know, listening to these podcasts all the time and I'm just like, wow, you know, you know. But also it. you got to think that it depends on who the father is. Like if they're a journeyman NHLer and they've been to like seven different teams and you've only been to one, do you really pay attention to what they say when it comes to a team that you love? Right. Or is it a guy who spent all his time in one place and you're talking to him about maybe signing with a new team because he wouldn't have a clue? So it it all depends on who the person is and what the character's like. But I think Court's right, and we shouldn't agree on everything. But... Uh, Right now, it's a different game, and you've got to talk to your agent. Your agent knows more than your father does about what's happening in this league now. It's a completely different game than it used to be. Oh, for sure. Um, and these kids make a lot of money. Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Anyway. But, like, Donato, right to me? Or, oh, Donato, I, I don't know. He's going to get, if he resign right now... He's gonna ask for five and six, but he won't get it. Yeah, like I can see, I can see Carlo getting four, maybe three point five, something around the Miller contract. Um, McAvoy asking for eight and getting six. I don't know. That's what I'm looking at right now. Yeah. And the thing with Carlo is he's gone down injured every time we got to the playoffs. Yeah. And if you're going to be a playoff team, then your players are getting paid on not only on how they do during the season, but how they do during the playoffs. It's a lot different. Like if you're looking at someone like Ottawa, who's not going to be in the playoffs, you're only looking at what they do during the season and how they affect your locker room. Yeah. Look Whereas at constant playoff teams, you have to perform in the pre uh, in the post season. Otherwise, What's the point of you being there? 
Valid points. Valid points. Um, you guys got anything else? I know I, I don't like doing that, but I kind of pissed through this agenda. <laughs> uh, I just... Oh, you like, wanted to talk about trades, didn't you? Yeah. The The only thing I was saying is with the with the like depth that the Bruins have now and the guys that they signed during the offseason where you've got uh, a guy like Wagner and a guy like Nordstrom basically splitting time because they can't... I don't think both of them make the NHL roster at the same time. I think we've got too many guys here for you, for them to be able to do that. Especially like, in New York. Yeah. Do, do they make a trade? Maybe two guys for a better guy? And cut down the amount of players that they have. Because if you look at teams like Ottawa and stuff, they have good players on them that they want to get rid of. But, like, because they want to do worse, right? So they don't want guys outperforming. So do you maybe trade two fourth liners for a third liner? Something like that. Because if you package and get a second second line winger? Yeah. That's what I would do, Court, honestly. I, yeah, I would I would address the top six, um, especially the right side. Uh, and I know Donato's there right now, but uh, I mean, if you have a chance to bring in somebody that can, yeah, I have no problem trading Ryan Donato or Jake DeBrusque. Sorry, people, if you're going to get a top echelon right. player, yeah. you got to get something back, and you know, oh, don't, God, pull, yeah. don't pull a deal off like you did with Sagan or anything like that. No, 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 we're not Peter Shirelli no. here. Right. We watched. Yeah, the Edmonton Oilers are a, tri- uh, a dumpster fire now, and that's because of him. But if if you look at it, like there's there's guys out there you can trade for. I mean, Skinner went for relatively cheap. Well, right now it looks relatively cheap. We don't know who they're going to pick with the picks, but he's already getting demoted on on Buffalo and already uh, falling out of coach's favor. Yeah, in two games. But, I mean, there are guys out there that you can probably pinch for less than the worth. So, and a lot of the time at the beginning of the season, like, they start to panic and say, oh, is this really the team that we want to roll with? Do we want more guys? Like, cash in on that. I think if you have too many guys and you're rolling people around and you don't know who's playing where, uh, it's better to solidify a better player and get rid of a couple that you're not going to play. Right, yeah. and not only that, but you have the depth down in Providence too, like the, the Trent Fredericks, uh, the Yakos Boys, Blacker Carlson, and you know, and so on, that you can, if they get a little more seasoned down in the AHL, um, they might be available to come up if, if, if a trade um, is needed. So uh, you always yeah. have something in the, in the works, in the pipeline. So it's not a bad yeah. idea. I mean, I wouldn't want to push the the trade panic button. Um, no, I wouldn't do soon. it now. You know, if, but... if if they if they started their year like they did last season, a month and a half into it, and they, it, I mean, just pretty much sucked. Um, yeah, that's when I'd probably address it. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Me personally, I wouldn't really pull any trade triggers until late <laughs> December, early early January. Um, yeah. And then and then then evaluate yourself a little further to the actual trade deadline at the end of February and see where you're at there. If you need to make another move, you know, but yeah, I'd rather wait, but if you can pull one off right now yeah, snag one, but I just don't see it happening. I'll, I just don't see, uh, 
teams making a move right now. No. It's game two, people. Yeah, eighty more. No, to I go. did. Yeah, the the way I was talking about it wasn't like right now, but I was just talking about the fact that the Bruins have that much depth that they can pull something like that off at some point. Oh, they they definitely do. I think uh, they have some some talent um, to move. Um, yeah. You know, we'll see. Like already, I've. I can't believe it, but uh, JFK in my head, I'm like, you've already moved off the depth chart and you're out of my mind. Yeah, yeah, I think Trent Frederick passed him over. And, yeah, and, and that's and, and and to me as a prospect guy, that's purely on size and skill. I mean, I, JFK is very skillful. I get that, but he's he's not going to go into the dirty areas of the game like like Trent would. And you know, Trent Trent is. He's a work in progress. I'm not. I'm not glorifying him at all to say that he's going to be any number one center in the in the near future. At, at the most, if he comes up to the Bruins in the NHL, he'll probably be a third line center. But down in Providence, he's a first line center. So, I mean, I'm not. I'm not. You know, raising his stock in, in what I'm saying. But you know, if it, the thing is, is if you move somebody, you have you have somebody that can easily fit right in, and that already knows the system. So, I think that's going to do it, boys. Unless we've got something else to talk about. Uh, I've got nothing right now. We need more games. Like, next week's going to be yeah. so much better with three straight home games, and then we can talk about that, and then and then the road trip. So, yep. But we have hockey back. Don't complain. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm so to, I'm, I'm I'm stoked to talk about regular season games. The preseason was like just like blah to me because it it just it, nothing really mattered to me. It was more of evaluations and so on. But you know, this is the this is the stuff that I live for, and obviously not not Wednesday night's performance. But you know, I I, I expect this team to take what they did in Buffalo on on Thursday night and and take that passion and uh, and teamwork. Uh, into TD Garden tomorrow afternoon against the Ottawa Senators. So I'm pumped that yeah. I, I have the day off tomorrow, and uh, I'm Ooh. pumped that I get to uh, get to watch the game. You should go get uh, some turkey or some poutine. I will. I might have to take the six-hour ride to Montreal and just see if there's anybody up there that will feed me. I'm pretty <laughs> sure you could go to the grocery store and get some cheese curds, man. I know. Not. It's, I guess they're not as good as they're down here. Very rubbery. No, but, they're rubbery anyway. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Oh, I, I, I wanted to mention um, that we we have a new addition to the family. I don't know if anybody's seen pictures, but we have a we have a Winston. Buster has a has a brother, and I'm, I'm pumped. Mark about is talking that. about his dog people. Yes, yes. I, I love Boston Terriers. They're, they're my favorite yeah, favorite breed. People might get confused. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm pumped about that. So I'm gonna have to get him on video and show you guys. Um, uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, definitely check out the SeatGiant.com, SeatGiant.ca website. Use the promo code BNGP. Save a little money and uh, support the show. And uh, uh, Patreon members, we're going to be doing our, our uh, listener giveaways, our rewards program giveaways next week. Uh, the last two weeks of October, we'll be doing that back-to-back. We've gotten a lot more Patreon, so please go to patreon.com slash black and gold hockey podcast and donate a buck to get involved in these uh these great prize giveaways from fanatics our own official uh bng uh uh store and uh and other other great prizes so we appreciate all the help we can get 
Court, uh, Rob, thank you so much for another week. I can't wait to look for. I look forward to next week when we talk about uh, three games instead of just two. Yeah, definitely. So, all right, take care, everybody. Oh, and, and by the way, uh, we have our prospect hour back. So uh, again this week. So Josh Bemis is uh, is going to join me shortly. So I, I wonder if you're going to talk about Vac and Island. I wonder. We did. Wow! Ooh. Yeah, shocker. <laughs> all right, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Passion, talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 90% rate. Nick Bukestad. Backhand scores! Wow, what a goal! David Backus. And Zach Parisi were stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you are a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. Champions of the college hockey world! Gets onto the skate of Nikki Petty and Jack Studnika shorthanded breakaway scores. Tucks it in underneath Cole Cece and it's a 1 0 Oshawa lead. Now McLeod mishandles and Donato tries to make a pay. Here's Donato in deep. Ryan Donato curls and scores. A highlight reel goal for Ryan Donato. Goes to his left, in front, and that's Trent Frederick on the one-time redirect. Frederick with his fourth, and Team USA now up 8-2. to two. Hey Bruins fans, welcome back for another exciting week of the Prospect um, Update uh, with uh, Josh Bemis. He's uh, is back as always. I'm very, always excited to have Josh with me. Uh, he's a prospect guru and uh, um, a faithful Providence Bruins season ticket holder and fan. And he also writes for the two, uh, shippinguptocauseway.com website. Josh, how are we doing? Hey, hurting a little this morning, but uh, hopefully next weekend we can come out with a little bit more, I guess, consistency because all I saw this weekend from the Providence Bruins was just disarray for about 80% of the game. That 80% of the game Friday and 80% of the game last night as well it was just it was a comedy of errors yeah not at all impressive um on my end from what i saw when i streamed the games um i it was yeah it's just it, down zero and two on the season so far and um you know something's got to give but thankfully th- this team has uh five or six days of practice time for Jay Leach, head coach Jay Leach, and uh, Trent Whitfield, and, and the other new guy that came in recently, um, to to get a hold of these these kids and and just kind of let's let's not push the panic button yet, but let's address oh, yeah. let's address certain situations now and not let it happen again. But I mean, starting off on game one of the season, uh, they were at the XL Center in Hartford, Connecticut, and they lost four to two. Um, yeah, the um, first period was there was no goals for the for the uh, for the Providence Bruins, and I should have highlighted these. But um, in the second period, there's no scoring, uh, and the third period, um, Austin fighting and he gets his first goal on the shorthand, uh, a shorthanded goal, and I I thought this was a pretty impressive. 
Uh, he was on the forecheck, and he was like really, really hampering a player. And he, he got him to cough up the puck, and then just just shot it right at the, on goal, and, and and got it for his first of the year. So yeah, I it thought, was it was amazing. It was a it was it was so relieving to see because I did not want them to get blanked on their first night out of the new season. Yeah, and, good on fighting. Good on fighting for reading that play so well. That was uh, that was. That was excellent. That was that was uh, that was such a relief to finally see something go our way for once. Because not only was the lack of effort from the Providence Bruins evident, but I think they just weren't getting a bunch of bounces either. And I think that happened both nights too. Just the puck was not bouncing their way. But continue. Yeah, and and in that third period, uh, Mark McNeil. Uh, new Providence Bruins player uh, gets his first of the season from Fitzgerald and uh, Euro Vekaninen, uh gets his uh, first uh, professional point, and uh, that was on the power play. So, and unfortunately, that was that was the uh, the only two goals of the night. As I said, the the Hartford Wolfpack go on to win four to two. Um, I'm very disappointed in Dane McIntyre uh, in this game. Uh, he just don't think he was mentally prepared um, at all. And I uh, got pulled. He got pulled, and, and Dan Vladar came in to, uh, you know, do something. I mean, not not very exciting times. McIntyre's only one in the season. Uh, he faced 10 shots and made seven saves. Vladar came in and made uh, eight saves in a row. So, um, yeah. What am I going to do here? So, I, I just... Some of the goals that I watched from from that he let up. I mean, there was there was one goal that uh, it was behind the, the behind the net shot, and it just bounced off of him. It's unfortunate, but you got to hold those posts. And and some of the other goals that he gave up, I, I when I watched the replays again a couple times, I noticed that it almost looked like the first time. I'm like, well, he was kind of screened there, but then I kept watching it and watching it, and he wasn't really screened. He got flat out beat. So. I expect uh, a little bit better from him um, coming up soon. I mean, he's probably most likely going to get at least one game in the uh, in next weekend's action. So, your thoughts hopefully, on? Uh, oh on yeah, that? hopefully he comes out a lot better because you're right. The first goal that he gave up, I was just watching it now, and I mean, there were two Hartford players. Uh, it was Tim Gettinger and Chris Bigra. They were playing patty cake out by the blue line, and then Tim Gettinger winds up. And just cranks it by McIntyre. I don't even think he saw it really because all of a sudden you see the stick go up and then you see the puck in the back of the net. And McIntyre was not square to the shooter. He wasn't, it didn't seem like he was engaged. And maybe I'm wrong. I'm, I'm happy to be wrong. I'm happy to be told otherwise, but I really don't think he was engaged in that, in that whole first period debacle where he gave up three goals in 10 minutes because it, it that's just insanity. I mean, you go out in your first, you know, Mark, you, you're, you're human. You would be excited to be out there. You'd be pumped to get out there and just to do your best and to be your best. And I just feel like he was not mentally engaged in that game. Yeah, I, I didn't see much uh, um, good from him. And, you know, I just... I'm not trying to be a, a jerk or anything, and I'm not down. Right. You know, we I, call I just, it as we call it as we see it. Yeah, he's just you know we need to you need to see much better of him, and I think that's just moments like this that 
uh, he's getting overpassed in the in the in the depth in the in the depth. I, he's not even a prospect to me anymore. He is now a two-way player that signed an NHL contract, but you know I, I don't consider him a prospect anymore. I consider Dan Vladar a prospect, definitely. Exactly. But, um, you know he's just got to play better. We got to have a better tandem than that. And 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 it's like I said, I'm not freaking out, especially oh, yeah. especially not freaking out like like what happened on Wednesday night in the NHL with the Boston <laughs> Bruins. You know what I mean? I mean, the, the whole city went into a pandemonium and, and just, just crazy. I'm not doing that. I mean, it's early enough in this 76-game uh, season that, you know, you can recoup and, and figure things out. But Absolutely. And, I mean, we're going to give – I'm going to slap Vladar on the wrist as well because that last goal in Saturday night's game was – he cannot give that up. And I, I know that he cannot give that up because he afterwards he was looking visibly angry about that. So – Let's segue right into uh, Saturday night's game, and we'll kind of continue the talk of the weekend because it was just – it was kind of – there was a consistent theme going through the weekend, and it was just terrible starts, and I think uh, Jay Leach described it as a deer-in-the-headlights kind of a look. So Yeah. Uh, the Laval Rocket uh, come to the Dunkin' Donuts Center on Saturday, October 6th. Uh, in the first period, the Bruins get right off uh, – on a good on a good foot, uh, I, Mark McNeil scores his second in as many nights uh, from uh, Cameron Hughes and uh, Jakob Barker Carlson at fourteen twenty two, and I made a huge mistake on this because I'm and AHL TV has already pissed me off. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, we don't have a there's no home radio, so we had to listen. I had to listen to their feed on on the AHL TV, which is all in French. And that first goal, the guy said Jakob Boris Barker Carlson scored the goal, so I immediately tweeted it, and I, I appreciate you coming back with, yeah, that wasn't that wasn't him. <laughs> so yeah, immediate because I was watching the whole play develop, and I was like, all right, so McNeil was the one who got the goal because he's going and bumping everybody's fists as he's going down the line, and then immediately after, um, I, I, uh, I, I was like, oh, okay, so we got. Forsbacka Carlson on the primary assist, and then Ur- no, I think it was Urho, and then Forsbacka. Anyways, yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> it sometimes it's good to be right in the rink and uh, right on top of the action. Yeah, and 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 not listening to a visiting feed because that, yeah. that just sucked. <laughs> Made me look like an ass. But um, going into the second period, there's no scoring. Um, in the third period, Jeremy Lawson gets his first from Hughes and McNeil. At the at twenty one seconds into the third period, so they're up two to nothing, and everything looks good. I mean, they played solid for forty minutes in front of Dan Vladar. It and wasn't. It wasn't bad. I didn't like the effort, but it wasn't bad. It wasn't as bad as the previous night. So I'm not willing to anoint the first two periods as being good, but I'll say it wasn't bad. Yeah, and the the uh, the the Laval Rocket uh, in the third period come back and they score the last three of the game. And, um, and I, I think that at least two of them, like you said, uh, the, the defense really and the players in front of, of Vladar really let him down. Um, and, you know, maybe one goal was, was one he, he could have had back but or wished he had back. Um, but he ended up um, taking the loss and uh, making uh, 31 saves on 34 shots. So, um, eh. It's just, it's just. Oh, I wish there was more, more positive things to talk about this. Right. It, it unfortunately, it, the the suck factor on this is extremely high because 
you we scored the first goal, scored the second goal, and then the wheels came off. Yeah. Literally, you could see the – if there was a self-destruction Hartford in the first period, the self-destruction at home happened in the third period. You could just see everything kind of like starting to collapse and – uh, it was it was brutal to watch because the they gave up a two goal lead by the you know twenty one seconds like you said into the third period Lausanne had put us up by two goals so it looked like we were cruising to a pretty easy victory just as long as they locked it down and that's when the problem started. Yeah, it was definitely not a sixty minute effort at all. Um, right, you know, right. it was more like a forty, and then never showed up for the third period. Oh, except they for the, thought they could, the they thought they could go into uh, cruise control. That's yeah. basically what they did. They just switched to cruise control, and it ended up costing them the game because you you just can't you can't back off the effort on anybody. I don't care who they are, where they are in the standings. You cannot back off of anybody. You have to put your feet on the gas pedal and push that thing down for sixty minutes. Absolutely. I'm just going to, I forgot to write this down in my notes, but um, the uh, next weekend's games, like I said, they have um, basically six, six days to, uh, to get things going here. Um, Cause they do not play today, which is probably a good thing for them. So they, uh, so they can get an extra day of practice in and figure out what went wrong. I assume they're going to be doing a lot of video between now and say the middle of this week and then really getting the practice going absolutely and uh you know i i do have the schedule uh up and uh running so uh they next time they play is friday october 12th they uh, at hartford again then sat i'm sorry friday october 12th at hartford saturday october 13th they're home against hartford and then sunday the 14th they are on the road in springfield so it's going to be a busy weekend uh next weekend so um, yeah, it, it is what it is. I just hope that they, I mean, this, when you look at the lineup of this team and, and this, and the severity of depth that they have, um, losses like this have to come, you have to nip it in the ass and, and, and really, um, and you've got to push. There's no, there's no cruise control. Like you mentioned, you just got to keep going, going, going. And if you can't do that, you're not going to win in this league. Mm-hmm. Or in the next league. Or, or in the next the level. NH- you know. Yeah, the NHL. And that's what separates the NHL players from the AHL players or even the ECHL players is that can you take and hit that next gear for a consistent 60-minute effort? Or do you burn out you know, halfway through or 40 minutes through or 50 minutes through? That's what separates, I feel like, the the NHL caliber players from the AHL caliber players is do you have – the ability to play consistently exactly and 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 like i said a ton of practice too is always going to be good um because they they pretty much practice on a daily basis with the travel schedule yep. and that's pretty much why they they play you know springfield 12 times bridgeport 12 times and blah 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 so mm-hmm. um let's move on to the prospects in uh the other developmental leagues if we could uh sure the Ontario Hockey League Oshawa Generals, uh, Bruins second-round pick Jack Sinica played in three games last week and is adjusting well since being returned to the Oshawa Generals from the Bruins training camp. 
On September 30th, he had uh, a four-point night with two goals and two assists and a 77-5 victory in front of the uh, Jens home crowd. It was excellent. I I was uh, it's so good to see him taking maybe the disappointment that he had from being sent back from Bruins main training camp because he was I mean, he was cut maybe midway through. He wasn't one of the last cuts, but he was definitely a midway cut. And it, it was, was good a, to see him. It was actually the last, second to last game. After that game, he was released. Oh, okay. Well, that was a little. So off. he stayed for a little. He stayed a lot longer than I, I thought he would. But it was good to see him take maybe that disappointment and use it as a, a positive force for good. And he just he's going to tear up the OHL this year, and we can see that in his first game. I mean, maybe the unfortunately the next game wasn't so good, but it was it was really good to see him take that and own it yeah and then uh fast forward into friday night october 5th uh he contributed two assists in a seven to one thumping on the road against the hamilton bulldogs uh and rounding out the week uh he went pointless in last night's game october 6th in a four to two loss on the road to owen sound attack snapping a four game point streak the, uh, yeah that was the game that i was thinking of so yeah, on on the season so far in five games, Captain Jack is three has three goals, five assists, eight points. So not bad. Uh, six games and and eight points. So still at a point per game streak. Absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, point per game player. Uh, it was good to see um, Kieser. Yeah, like I'm gonna talk about and... him next. Uh, sh- sticking with the Oshawa Generals, Bruins prospect goaltender Kyle Kieser got his first game action on Friday, October fifth. Uh, getting in his first win of the season, stopping 34-35 uh, in his 7-1 victory over Hamilton. He was back in the net the very next night, October 6th, and suffered his first loss of the year, giving up three goals in a 4-2 defeat to Owen Sound. Kieser is 1-1 one one on the year, and uh, it has a 2.35 goals against average and a 9.42 save percentage. So, I'm not... Uh, I, Another know. one of those not we're not panicking moments. I yeah, mean, that's, yeah, it's going to happen. And 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 Kieser um, <clears throat> was injured during Bruins training camp, and when he returned to Oshawa, um, he he uh, didn't play in a lot of the, the 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 start of the season because of that injury. But you know, obviously, got into his first game on Friday night, and he looked mm-hmm. good. Uh, but the other night, uh, last night, was not not very good at all. But uh, this he's a work in progress. I, I still have faith in him, and and you know things things are going to get better. These two players are really good, and uh, and you know I seriously look forward to to sit Nika at at the at least the AHL level, if not the NHL level, in a year or two. So, from what I saw from last night, though, I I think that was less on Keezer and it was more of a kind of a team breakdown because. There was at one point where uh, they had a where the Owen Sound attack had a five on three power play for almost two full minutes, and you know usually you get five on three for maybe thirty seconds, forty five seconds a minute, but two minutes of five on three is brutal. Yeah, absolutely. You cannot do that to your your own team. Like that's 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 bad. That's beyond bad. So I think 
Kieser might have suffered as a result of his team playing bad. So I, again, it's, it, I'm not gonna, I'm not panicking about this. Uh, it's, it, it is what it is. That's not on him as much as it is maybe on his team not playing to the level that they should. Yeah. Uh, the next games for the Generals will be next weekend with two straight home games starting on Friday night, October 12th against Peterborough, and Sunday, October 14th against Hamilton. Uh, staying in the Ontario Hockey League, not your favorite player, but um, he's starting to become a little bit of mine. Uh, with the Niagara Ice Dogs, uh, Bruins prospect defenseman Daniel Bukash uh, played in three games last week, going pointless. But I wanted to mention his work ethic since being released from the WHL's Brandon Wheat Kings and committing this year with, with Niagara. His defensive game has certainly improved since last season where he spent a majority of the year on the shelf um, recovering from off-season surgery when he was with the Kings. Uh, the 6'10", 200-pound blue liner is tied for the team lead when it comes to plus-minus with a plus-five. So I know plus-minus is, is one of those, you know, annoying stats to to most people but it just to me it tells me that he's doing positive things on the ice as a group not an individual so um and i've watched a couple of his uh games with niagara and he looks solid i mean he's 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 really that type of shutdown defenseman uh doesn't really get up into the um the offense at all you know much at all so you know there's, there's some good things good building blocks with him being a late round pick so I don't dislike him. I think there's just a lot of room for improvement in certain aspects, and one of that being discipline. Like, I'm I'm about players playing. I'm about players trying to rein in maybe some of the not the emotion, but maybe some of the the idiocy of you know you you get into into the corners with somebody and you start hacking and whacking, and you end up committing a dumb penalty because of that fact because he couldn't keep yourself in check so that's the only thing that i don't really like about him otherwise i'm happy to see him grow and develop as a prospect but it's good to see that he is taking this new role with the niagara ice dogs seriously um it was maybe a good thing that brandon released him and i you're right i think it's i think it's the the change of scenery that he needs to probably improve as a player and maybe he'll see more ice time because of it i think Brandon released him just because of a glut of good talent that they had, and he just became the odd man out. Yeah, no, I think it was uh, actually we were at development camp when that news broke. Yes, that, exactly. That, that he was released, and um, and it had nothing to do with him being a bad player or anything like that. They just needed the roster availability. Um, I, I believe it was for an import. Um, right. So right. He, exactly. it, they just had it was a business. It was all business. So, um, you know, and he's, I, I, like I said, he's playing well with Niagara. Niagara's a really good team this year so far. Um, and, the, you know, being uh, in net is Stephen Dillon, who's, who's previously been with the Bruins um, at uh, development camp. I think it was 2016. Um, and I thought, he, I thought he did well. So they, they got a decent team. And, and, you know, I look forward to watching more, more of his games. But uh, going to the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League with the Rimouski Oceanic uh, Bruins 2017 six-round draft pick, Cedric Pare is playing very well in his new Oceanic team uh, since being traded over the offseason from St. John Sea Dogs to uh, Rimouski. 
Pari played in two games last week, scoring his first goal of the year in a 4-1 road win over Drummondville. Cedric has a goal, five assists, and six points uh, in six games this season. Uh, the Oceanic go, go back to work. This afternoon, October 7th, on the road in Drummondville. Tomorrow afternoon, the 8th, October 8th, against uh, the road Shawinigan. And Wednesday night, October 10th, at home against Shikudami. And finishing the upcoming week uh, on Saturday night, October 13th, home against Cape Breton. So he's going to be busy uh, with his uh, Rumuski team for four games this week. Doing good with the uh, names of the teams. Very good, Mark. Very I'm good. getting very there. Good. I'm getting yeah, there. Yeah, you are getting there. Yeah, very good improvement. It's like, this week. I'm, I'm just shaking off the off-season, you know, speech dust. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you're shaking off the rust, man. It's good. It's good. Yeah. Um, I'm really hoping for Cedric to have a monster year because I saw in Buffalo, I mean, you could see a projection of what he might be. He was engaged in the play. He was very active and aware of what was going on. But it looked like he was a step behind, maybe physically, not so much mentally. He knew what he wanted to do. He knew how to do it. He was just a step behind physically. So this year might be the perfect time for him to get himself physically up to speed. Maybe it's just maybe he's kind of growing and kind of figuring out exactly what he's what his capacity is physically. So I'm I'm hoping for a monster year from him because he's another one of those late round guys that could be sneaky good in the not too distant future yeah yeah i'm i'm i like cedric um he's a good interview good kid to talk to uh, <laughs> yes very much so um and 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 he's got i think he's got some really good attributes when it comes to the face-off circle and and you know in, in certain situations um i think he's valuable like that but he, like you said, he's a work in progress, and I've talked to Craig Eagles, which we, we should have on uh, sometime in the future to talk about him and, and, and the next Definitely. player. Uh, Craig is a great, great follow, and uh, he works for Rogers Sports up there, and, and he writes for, uh, I believe, the Maritime uh, Hockey uh, blog. So we definitely have him on to talk about a couple of the prospects. And uh, we might as well just go right into it. When the, you know, staying in the queue with the ruined Miranda Huskies, uh, Bruins 2018 third round pick Jakob Lauko played in his first three games of his uh, Quebec Major Junior Hockey League career since being assigned to the Huskies club from the NHL Bruins after signing a three-year entry-level contract in late September. Uh, in his first game of the season, he uh, contributed an assist in a 5-2 win over the home Valdor Fourier's. And I got his first goal on Saturday, October 6th, in a 6-4 home victory against uh, the Quebec Remparts. Lauko now has two points in three games, and he and his Huskies team get back to work for two two home games next weekend, starting Friday night, October 12th, against Moncton and Saturday night, October 13th, against Drummondville. So I saw that it was a good goal, um, and he played well. I watched uh, some of that game as well, um, and 
I think this kid is like this year in his first year in the queue. I think he's going to be able to put post like a 2020 season. And regardless of what happens the following year, I think he could definitely double that and, you know, be a 40 goal scorer. I, I, I have to look into this whole rule thing because I know he's a, he is a, um, a European skater, but since he was, be, he was drafted by the, uh, the Huskies club, um, I think that the 18 rule might come into effect. So he might be there for another two seasons. Uh, I, I have to look into it. I know there's some wiggle room because of uh, there's a couple of players that did the same thing. And uh, they might have to have an agreement to be loaned to the AHL if, if, if Lauko's uh, services are needed in the next year or two. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm pumped for this kid. And, and that goal, that, goal that, that we just heard the audio on earlier, uh, he, um, he really powered right through the neutral zone, crossed the line, made a nice pass uh, to a player that was in front of him. And then that player turned around on the left side and and had the intelligence to give it back to an open Lauko that would just uh, just a, a a wrist shot in in the back of the net. So uh, it was good, good times. Definitely. I mean, I think we're all extremely high on Lauko. I mean, does it really surprise you that he goes to the queue and he just immediately feels comfortable and starts lighting it up? Yeah, and it's, and it's and he loves being here. He lo- he said he wanted to stay in North America. He said he wanted to be here. I'm just so thrilled to see his enthusiasm for the organization, for playing over here in the North American game and getting adapted to it. So it's good. I love guys who are enthused, positive, and engaged like he is. Yeah, and, and the, one, the one thing that is, and I know I, I probably talk about this and I beat this like a dead horse, but <laughs> it, it's that it's that European-style game. It's the bigger ice and, and coming to North America and playing in North American sheets that are that are much smaller. Uh, the game is, is more defensive. You don't have those abilities to be so offensive, um, especially with players his age making that transition. So... I, I expect him to be, uh, you know, with uh, the Huskies and and stay there throughout the whole year and learn. Be a sponge, you know, absorb as much as you can from that training staff and the coaching staff and 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 the and the community around him, and then slowly transition his game, you know, into the, the AHL where expectations might be a little higher for him because of his skill level. But then he'll have already have that year of North American ice under his belt, and I think that's just really beneficial. I'm not a big fan of of, of players just rushing uh, into pro levels and and working their way right up the ladder because sometimes it, it doesn't work. You get they get gun shy, and and you know we've seen it so many times in previous drafts. You know Patrick Stefan, he drafted in the first round, but when he comes to the NHL, he was pretty much. A no show. So, I just, I just think I like the development, and I, you know, it, it, it's, it's news for us because we're all about this prospect stuff. Absolutely, absolutely. It's, 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 it's fodder for the podcast. Basically, it's great to, uh, <clears throat> it's great to be able to talk about them to kind of 
see where they're at in the process. And I think we mentioned it last week to kind of touch on this point that if they all just made their way to the AHL immediately or if they just immediately made the NHL, then all these developmental programs that ensure players have a chance to play against competition that's at their tier, at their same skill level, then all those programs would die out and you'd kind of kill the sport almost overnight because there would be no more people in the pipeline playing at a, you know, increasingly higher level. Yeah. And and, and I, I get the frustration from fans. I saw it on Twitter a couple of times when I when I mentioned that, you know, how good a player is doing like Studnika and his point streak that was snapped uh, last night. But, you know, I mentioned it and they were like, you know, there's some people that just said it's just a stupid rule that, you know, they should be available for the AHL as soon as they're drafted. And, you know, there's a lot more angles that you got to look at when you make you know, when you make that argument, you know, um, this is the sustainability of the, of the league down there. All three of those Canadian major junior leagues uh, the WHL, the Q, and the and the O. It, it's so important. I mean, that's that's pretty much a lifeline to to the NHL's league. You know, and I'm not knocking the European leagues either in their in their contributions when they come over here. But you know, the, the, it's something that needs to be done. And and I'm not a I'm not a fan of of um of the any of these Canadian hockey leagues like asking for the the draft age to go up to 19. I think that's another thing that will, will kind of like block the progression to the NHL. I'm not a fan of it, but I understand it. You know what I mean? Right. So it's a necessary evil. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we we all all these players they have to learn and adapt to us. You know, a rising game. Every level you're constantly learning. You're you're acting like a sponge. You're soaking it all in, and then when you get to the NHL. You look back and say, you know, this, this is the road that I had to take and this is what I had to do. Well, that's awesome, but, you know, I just don't like the, the, the immediate placement in the NHL and then, you know, taking a year or two to, to get uh, adjusted. So, uh, anything else you want to talk about, sir? No, I don't. No, I think we covered all of our bases for the most part. I mean, there's some European leagues that we could cover, but. I really I want like to get involved in that, I'm, and I uh, we got to figure out how to crack that because yeah, I mean, there's a couple of players that are over there that we should probably. Yeah, I'd love we to got talk Axel about Anderson and uh, Oscar Steen, but yeah, we got to figure out a way to uh, make that happen at some point. Yeah, I got to figure out a way to watch more games and understand the language. Yeah, the language barrier is the worst part. I mean, that was what killed you with watching uh, Laval last night. Oh, yeah, it was terrible. I was so yep. angry, so angry. But anyway, the AHL TV is, uh, might as well just touch on that. I am not impressed. I, I thought I was going to be blown away, but the, the, the feed that I saw was no better than the last platform. Uh, the, 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 the picture was pixelated. Um, and I don't know if it's if it's me or my system. I doubt it because I've, you know, I stream a lot of prospect games and I get HD quality. But this was uh, very disappointing, and I'm happy it was a f- it's a free weekend. I'm, I'm sure that they'll probably run another uh, special or another week, and then they'll cut it off. But I, I honestly don't know if I'm if I'm interested in purchasing this uh, this at all because um, number one, there's no Providence uh, radio feed. 
there's no home excitement. Um, and, and situations like last night when I had to listen to the French, uh, version, I wasn't thrilled about that without having an option. So I'm not sure what I'm going to do yet. Um, but I ended up just honestly diving right into it. I'm, I am, I, I don't know. I've tried to look at the positive side of things. I think it's a little bit better than it was last year. The only thing that I didn't really like was that the, uh, audio for the Hartford Wolfpack feed was, it was so bad that I actually had to put the TV on mute and just kind of follow it with my eyes instead of actually listening because it literally sounded like early 90s AM FM radio. It was so bad. Oh, jeez. <laughs> See, I didn't even get audio. Oh, nice. Oh, wow. Well, I just, I just, I just watched know. the game and I'm just like, this is, this is just, uh, you know, I wasn't impressed. I wasn't. The first weekend, you probably you missed nothing. I you honestly missed nothing, Mark, because the audio for the Hartford game was just that bad. So I'm I I think the the video is a little bit better from what I see. I mean, I'll I'll continue to evaluate it, but I love hockey, man. I'm, I just bought it for the mere fact that a I need to watch Providence from afar sometimes, and b I just love watching hockey. Yeah. Worst comes to worst, I can just throw a game on that I have no dog in the fight, and I can just kind of watch and see how things go. I mean, the nice thing about uh, the Lehigh Valley is that they do a very good production job. It's almost like a professional. Everybody's probably heard me say this before, but it's like professional quality. Um, Absolutely. Presentation. So it's 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 nice. I mean. It's, it's hockey, man. I love watching hockey. So I do. I I do too. But I mean, these the AHL really hyped this one up. Yeah, you know? and, and and I was I was like, I'm ready for this. I need this. I I mean, last year when they were newly on, um, you you it, the, the picture was so bad you couldn't even I couldn't even read the numbers of players, but I could hear what was going on from the commentator or the, or the play by play guy, and and. And this year, I was just like, "Wow, that I still can't read the numbers." <laughs> but yeah, I... and the, and the camera angle seems it's like it's further away. And I know it's a fix, and it's in a fixed position near the roof. It's I don't believe uh, from the last time I saw Mark Divers' uh, tweet about it. it it's uh, it's just there's nobody manning the camera. It's following the puck. Mm. So. Hopefully it gets better. Uh, hopefully that's what I'm. That's what I'm, that's exactly what I was just about to say. That hopefully they debuted it this week. They're going to work out some of the kinks. They're going to yep. kind of tune things up a little bit, and maybe as the season goes on, because it is a new, it's a, it's a new system. Yep. I mean, you're right. They hyped it up. It should be better in its debut. But hopefully, as we go along, things just start to fall into place more. I agree, and you know, I'll be the sucker to buy it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> as much as I talk, as much as I talk big about no, just putting my foot down and blah blah blah, and I, I'll probably end up buying it anyway. Cause I, <laughs> I, like, like you, like you, we we won't be able to do what we do without having access to to platforms like this. And at the know. very least, you're not shelling out what 150 bucks, 170 bucks. Yeah, that's one team home and away. Just imagine getting the whole league for over 300. That's crazy. Yep, and AHL TV whole league eighty dollars. Yeah, so that's a huge benefit. So at least the cost is better. Yeah, but you know it just pisses me off sometimes when you watch the AHL Bruins feed and then you go to a Texas Star feed 
later on that night and it's like the quality is just like day and night <laughs> like you said with Lavelle, with um with lehigh oh yeah yeah they they are the gold standard i'd say of the ahl production but uh we're gonna end it there i know it's a little sh- shorter than normal but um you know there's only two games to talk about over the weekend so we will uh definitely have more to talk about and and We'll bring in the um, the college the collegiate game uh, and Bruins prospects too. Um, so yeah, because I believe their season just started. Yeah, uh, Yale doesn't start till l- later on in the season. Right, uh, later on in the month. I'm sorry, and uh, I believe Maine doesn't start until I think later on in the month too. So we'll be uh, we'll be incorporating some more Jeremy Swayman talk and. And uh, the kid at Yale, I, I forgot his name already. Curtis Hall. Yes, you're the man. Curtis Hall, uh, expected to have a, a big year in his rookie year for Yale. So um, I'm excited to watch that. And, uh, yeah, we'll definitely have some more things to talk about um, and some more, hopefully some more interviews. So with that, we will uh, bid you adieu. And... Um, and uh, we'll be back next week. Josh, thank you very much. You can follow Josh on Twitter, at 2Causeway. A, a great follow. Always updating. I don't know how you get season tickets and you can't keep your eye off the phone. But you do a great job. Great job. <laughs> it's a little bit of, uh, honestly, I, I think I have a little bit of help just where we sit. The sight lines are perfect. Man so in can, the red line. Man in the red line. Yeah, you <laughs> cannot get a better view from – because, I mean, I can – I can basically kind of put my elbow on my seat rest with my phone and kind of just sway back and forth and catch the entire rink. Absolutely. Like I said, you do a fantastic job, and and, uh, and the photos, the photos have been really good. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, w- I wasn't able to bring my special camera yesterday, but um, expect more of that, hopefully, as I start to get more and more access to here, there, and everywhere. Right, right. Alrighty, thank you very much, Josh. We will talk to you next week. Absolutely. Same time, same place, same podcast. Same bat channel. (laughs) (laughs) Take care. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to this week's show. You can follow the guys on Twitter at blackandgold277, at courtlalonde, and at rob40bruins. You can also send us an email to the show's account at blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com.